Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. I'll be continuing on the topic Hope is your anchor. Your hope in God is your anchor. In Job chapter 8, Job was getting weary, for want of a better word. He had been through all of this, all these temptations and loss of his children, his cattle. Job was a very wealthy man. And all that he had was gone. And any mortal man would be tempted to give up. And Job was at that place. But while he was complaining and he was about to quit, he was about to throw in the towel because he saw everything that he had worked for crumbled before his very eyes. And so he was at this place where he was tempted to give up. Anybody ever feel tempted sometimes just to call it? And that's why it's important that we have people in our corner who can see beyond what we can see. And so in Job chapter 8, verse 13, Job's friend saw what was happening. And he said to Job, those who forget God has no hope. Those who forget God has no hope. And it is true that the further we move from God, the less hope we will have in our lives. It is also true that the closer we get to God, it's the greater hope that we have. My brothers, my sisters, your trials and temptation, they come to separate us from God. They come to pull us away from his presence. But as the songwriter said, draw me nearer. We need to ask God to draw us closer, especially in these trying times. The people of God are some of the most hopeful, are they are the most hopeful people on planet Earth. Therefore, let me encourage us that we do not lose hope in these times. We also need to recognize that we have just been through our election. While a lot of people are anticipating great things from the new administration. Let us be cognizant of the fact that our hope does not lie in the wisdom of men. Our hope does not lie in the abilities of men. 
but in the ability of the one who never fails. Jesus never fails. Amen? Your hope is your anchor in God. You need to recognize that God has all eternity to fulfill his promises. You know, many times we get impatient you know, we pray about something and we get a little impatient as human beings sometimes, don't we? We say, Lord, what's happening? I've been praying about this and I'm not seeing the results that I desire. But we also need to recognize that God is not limited to our space, neither is he to our time. He is eternal, immortal. He is the only wise God. And so he is not limited to time and space because he is eternally infallible. God is more interested in growing our faith and meeting our timeline. Many times, you know, we said time and said, Lord, I would like this by next year this time. I would like to, you know, have a house. I would like to have a nice car, maybe change job. Whatever it is, Lord, I would like a spouse, I'd like to get married in you know, the summer of next year, whatever it is. Let us realize that what God is most interested in is growing our faith than in meeting our timeline. And so as we seek it, let us keep that in mind that we do not find ourselves in a little corner where we are trying to fit God within our schedule. We need to recognize that He is God. He knows what is best for us. He said, what father is there that would see his son or his daughter in need of bread? And give him a serpent. He said, if, if our earthly father knows how to give good gifts to their children, how much more will our heavenly father grant us our petitions? And so he knows what we need. Luke 18, verse 1. This is where we are going. He says, Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Men always ought to pray and not lose heart. In Mark chapter 11, the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, Teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. They were interested in understanding 
the art of prayer. They could have said, Lord, teach us to do these miracles that you do. They could have said, Lord, teach us to raise the dead. No, but there is something about prayer that the disciples, when they saw Jesus prayed, that they wanted also. And the key about prayer is relationship. Prayer is not just talking to God. Prayer is relationship. And so Jesus said to them, when he prayed, say, Our Father, who art where? In heaven. And I find that rather interesting. Because a lot of people, when they hear name the word father they get a little uncomfortable because maybe their father was not around some people maybe they had a father but he was abusive maybe he was present but absent in other words so even though he was present in the body Yet his presence was not felt. And so a lot of people have negative perception, experiences about the word or the name Father. And what is also interesting is that if you search the scriptures, never before would anyone call God Father. They would say Elohim, Jehovah. They would say Yahweh. But they would not say Father. And so when Jesus came on the scene, he changed the whole mindset of the, the people there and then. He said, when you pray, say, our Father. What we're in heaven. Relationship between father and children need to be memorable ones. And relationship comes through communication. It comes through spending time together. And so, in order for our hope to be anchored in God the way it ought to be, we must develop that relationship of prayer where we constantly communicate with God. That's one of the keys to relationship, communication. I can tell you there's no communication between a wife and a husband. That relationship is heading to an end. I can tell you that. Communication is one of the keys to relationship. And so when we say our father, it gives us that closeness. It gives us that oneness that he is not just a big God somewhere far away. He is not just the big judge, the big daddy with the big stick, but he is Father. And as we learn 
The word father in the Hebrew is papa, which means source and sustainer. And so he is source. He wants to prove to us that he's not just source, but he will sustain what he produced. A lot of fathers, as I've said before, they, well, they have children, but they are not really fathers because father, the true sense of the word, means that you are the source of something, but you are not just the source, but you also sustain the thing that you have sourced. And so today, we can feel confident that our Father, our Heavenly Father, He is not limited to the systems of this world. Hallelujah. He is not governed by the laws or the traditions of men, but He is our Father in heaven. We can boldly say that He will sustain what he has produced. Amen? Hebrew chapter 6 verse 13 to 19 it says, for when God made promise to Abraham he could swear by no greater he swore by himself saying surely Blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men very swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God willingly more abundantly to show unto the years of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie he might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the home set before us. And so we could read this verse like this God swore to Abraham and he made him a promise that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thee. And so according to the scripture he swore by no greater than himself that he will keep his promise. There are 10 more, most common causes of hopefulness. And I'm going to give them to us. The first one is feeling alone. The 10 most common causes of hopelessness. Feeling alone. That's the first one. You know, when we feel alone, we can be confident that our Father, He will not leave us. He said, 
I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. The second is when our lives seem out of control. We are feeling powerless about something. Have you ever had that feeling? Something is happening maybe to a family member and you feel so powerless because maybe that person is distance away and you would love to do something to help but you're feeling so powerless to help. So when life seems out of control or we're feeling powerless, it can create hopelessness. Whenever we feel that way, we need to know that God's power is greater than any problem that we face. His power is greater than any problem that we face. Third, if they don't see purpose, if there is no purpose, it can produce hopelessness. If the old father prayer says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We need to recognize that God fits everything into his plan and into his purpose, into his kingdom plan. So we don't have to feel like there is no hope. Number four, when we are grieving a loss, that can produce hopelessness. I remember when my brother Kevin, who died in the accident some years ago, and I can remember after I got that call about 11.50 that night, and the accident happened somewhere on Ritz Carter. And talk about feeling hopeless. You know, I was there thinking, well, here I am. He's all the way up there. If I was closer, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do that. And after that, I went to the hospital. That was another tough situation. Because looking at him in that hospital bed, and just there, and you know, out of it, you feel so powerless. You feel so hopeless. You feel so helpless. But my brother, my sister, let me tell you, whenever we feel that way, hallelujah, sometimes the enemy wants to corner us and to let us think that that is the end of the story. But that's when God will prove himself strong and mighty. Whenever we feel powerless and hopeless, never forget. Don't just look down at the circumstance. Remember, always remember to look up. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. When we take it to him in prayer, he will regenerate that hope in us, that confidence, that faith that we need to face another day. Well, sad to say, 
my brother did not make it. And after that, there was a sense of loss, a sense of hopelessness sent into the family. And I remember one day that I was driving between Montego Bay and Hopewell. And something rose up inside of me. The pressure was great. The burden was heavy. And I remember I had to put the car off the road because I felt like I was about to explode. And I began to cry out to God. I wept and I wept and I wept at the side of the road. And can I tell you, listen, tears are a language that God understands. And those tears brought my deliverance. Because through those tears, God gave me strength. Through those tears, he gave me hope. Through those tears, he gave me the solution. And I was able to gather myself and strengthen the rest, my mom and the rest of the family. Whenever you're feeling, or if you're feeling hopeless, that's when God wants to prove to you that he is your father. Do not quit. The fifth one, when you don't have what you need, lack. When you don't have what you need, it can create hopelessness. Look around and the songwriter say, look around and it seems like everybody else is blessed. But whenever we feel that way, let us know. God said, he will provide. I will supply all your needs according to my riches in glory through Christ Jesus. He has promised to meet every one of our needs. Not just the things that we want, but the things that we need, the necessities of life. God will meet every need if you trust him. Number six, common cause for hopelessness. Feeling of guilt. Whenever we miss the mark, guilt, shame, regret. You know, one of the most difficult things is to forgive yourself. It's so difficult to forgive yourself because, you see, whenever we miss the mark, the enemy is always there reminding us and rubbing it in. Every time you step through the church door, it just comes right back. Where are you going? Where are you going? Don't you know you are not worthy? But you ever feel that way? That the enemy make you feel that way? You are not worthy? Because maybe you, you, you make a bad drive out here on the street and why you feel so bad? Because you run somebody in a ditch. Pastor Randy used to say this. God has cast our sins in the sea of forgetfulness. But you know something? The enemy is always fishing. He's always fishing in that sea. Because, you see, he wants to remind us of our past. He wants us to feel like we are not worthy. He wants us, when we come before God, 
miss his blessings. And so he even tried to do everything to bring distraction. But I want us to remain focused. I want us today to anchor our hope. Not in our ability to earn. Not in our ability, hallelujah, to, 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 to achieve. But I want us to anchor our hope in the steadfast love of Jesus Christ. Because as the sunlight, as the scripture also put it, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end, but they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God. And so, every time the enemy draw out in line and fish for something in your past, as I think it's Carman that says this, remind him of his future. So when he reminds of your past, remind him of his future. It looks pretty bleak, doesn't it? But our future looks bright because our hope is in the name of Jesus Christ. Is in the name of the Lord. And though the seventh common cause that we need to guard against, that we lead to hopelessness, is when we are deeply wounded. Deeply wounded. Jesus is the friend of a wounded heart. You see, many times the enemy sends people our way to cause us harm or to wound us. But Jesus, the friend of a wounded heart, he will settle score with those who hurt us. The scripture said, touch not the Lord's anointing. Do my prophet no harm. Our job is not to be judged and executioner. Our job is to forgive. Because you know, forgiveness is medicine. Forgiveness brings healing. Sometimes it's difficult because sometimes the hurt is so great. It is so deep. But we must find the strength to forgive. Because when we forgive, we bring such freedom. When you can look at somebody who has done you something wrong, who has caused so much pain, and still Forgive them, not to lay yourself for them to destroy you this time, but just to forgive because God says so. Forgiveness is a part of the healing process for the wounded heart. Number eight, when you are pulled in the wrong direction, are doing the wrong things, temptation. Jesus said in the prayer that he taught his disciples, he says, when you pray, say, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. Deliver us. Deliver us from evil. The book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 13. He said, There hath no temptation taken us, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. 
He will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able to bear. But he will, with that temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And so God knows everything that you're going through. He knows everything that you will ever go through. But the thing about it is that he has already made a way. You see, many times we are searching for the way, but God has already made a way. He will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Whatever you're going through today, press on. Because the hotter, the battle, the sweeter, the victory. Don't quit. You see, the enemy brings the pressure for you to quit. Or don't quit. When Satan tempted Peter, Jesus said to him, Peter, Satan had desire to sift you as wheat. But, but, and when we think about sifting, sifting, the process of sifting is not an easy one. I remember my grandmother when they used to grate the corn and make this, you know, flour, and they used to do a lot of sifting. It's not an easy process. And Jesus says, Satan has desire to sift you as wheat. But, but I'll pray for you that in the process, during the process, your faith will not fail. And so, who knows? Maybe what you're going through right now, maybe you're going through the, the process of being saved. But I want you to know this, that God has already made a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Not only that, but after you're through, you shall come out as pure gold. Because sifting may not be an easy process, but it produces what is desirable. It produces what is acceptable. It produces what is good. And so maybe you're going through some sifting right now. Go quit. Don't give up. Jesus is praying for you. Number nine, when we are haunted by fear, that can lead to hopelessness. Fear. You see, that's what the enemy tried to use these days. Where you go, you know, coronavirus, you know, coronavirus, and all we hear about dengue. And so let us not allow fear, fear, huh? fear to even leave your house. You need to walk in wisdom now. But do not allow fear to cripple us. Jesus in me is greater than any other power. Jesus Christ in me is greater. What does that say? Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Is our God. I say awesome in power is our God. So as we go forth daily, let us use 
this modern time that Jesus gives us, lead us not into temptation as we continue to anchor our hope in him, but deliver us, Lord, from evil. And the tenth one, when it looks like defeat, it looks like you're about to lose, when it seems like you can't win, it can produce hopelessness. But this is not the end of the story. Whenever the enemy makes you feel that way, always remember, thine is the kingdom. The kingdom belongs to Jesus Christ. Thine is the power. For there is no greater power than the power of the omnipotent one. And thine is the glory forever and forever. He cannot lose. He cannot be defeated. The power belongs to him forever and forever. Amen. The final scripture that we look at is Isaiah 43, verse 2 and verse 3. Let's look from verse 1. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Next verse. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. So when you pass through the water, you notice it says, when you pass through, there's no stopping, there's no quitting. It shall not overwhelm you. He didn't say, if you pass through the fire. But he said, when? Because he knows that life happens. This is life and things happen. The enemy will bring pressure on the children of God. But when you pass through, you shall not be burned. For the Lord Jehovah promises that he will never leave and he will never forsake us. Let us remember that an anchor has two main purposes to a ship. One, it keeps the ship from drifting. When we anchor our souls in God, He will keep us from drifting. Temptation will come, but He that keepeth Israel, He who neither slumber nor sleep, He will keep us from drifting. 
The second purpose that an anchor has to a ship is to keep it stable in the storm. Stability. Stability. And brothers and sisters, we need an anchor for the same two reasons. Because it's easy to drift. It's easy to lose our way in the midst of the storm. But if we are going to live the abundant life that God wants us to have, we're going to have to anchor our hope in Him. Let the storm clouds rise. Let the billows dash. They won't worry me, for I'm sheltered, safe within the arms of God. Will your anchor hold? In the storms of life, when the clouds unfold their winds of strife, will your anchor drift or firm remain? We have an anchor that keeps the soul. It's steadfast and sure while the billows roll. It is fastened to the rock, Jesus Christ, which cannot move. Hallelujah. It is grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. As we go through these challenging times, even greater challenges that are ahead, your hope in God, your hope in God, your trust in God, your faith in God will be the anchor that keeps you we thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.